Hello and welcome to episode four of Fabulous and Female with Jessica Kate Brown. I'm Helen Corsi Cadmore, an award-winning business mindset and fertility coach and a mum to twin girls. And I'm Jane Mack, a visibility coach, best-selling author and mum of two boys. And our podcast is about having honest conversations with busy, ambitious females about growing your business to create financial freedom, having a better balanced life and avoiding burnout. If you enjoy this episode, please hit the subscribe button and leave us a review. Hello and welcome to this episode of Fabulous and Female. Today we are delighted to be joined by the lovely Jessica Kate Brown. Jessica is a non-fiction book editor and she specialises in working with purpose-led authors who are writing books to build their businesses and improve the life of others. Jessica has a military background, having been in the RAF, and she's also a mum of two. So like ourselves, she is no stranger to the world of juggling business and family time. So welcome, Jessica. It's lovely to have you on here. Thank you so much for having me. So tell us, Jessica, uh, you've got quite a variation from RAF into book editing. So tell us all, what's inspired you to do what you do now? Yeah, it's quite an unconventional route into publishing. So yeah, so I started in in the military. That was where kind of my working life, my career started. And I was there for 13 years. And it was fantastic, Um, especially in the early days. And I got promoted quite, quite quickly initially. And I was traveling a lot and deploying and doing all the things that you kind of would imagine you might do in the military and just living my best life. And then I met my husband and that obviously went well because now we are we are happily married eight years later and we had our children um, and as parents will know anybody that has had a child will know that when you have kids your priorities change immeasurably and you know your whole Mm. life gets kept upside down in a way that you can't even comprehend and my yeah. job in the military yeah. meant that I would have to, if I wanted to progress my career, I would have to move around every two to three years and also go on deployments. And in my trade, it was at the time like 18 months to be deploying. Mm. So it was going to be a lot of time away from, from my husband and from the children. And he, obviously he was in the military too. So we were very lucky to be co-located for quite a long time, but we were very much on borrowed time in that respect. So it was going to come to the point where we couldn't live together during the week anymore. So Mm. it obviously got to the point where I felt like I couldn't continue on. Kind of my journey with the military had come to to an end and I'd done my time and was ready for something different. So I I left and at the time, the thought of self-employment and starting a business could not be further from my mind. I was very happy with my stable salary and my pension and all the other things you get with being an employee. And that was my comfort zone. That's what I knew. So I got a job in the private sector, working in training and development. And I think I went into that job quite naively because I just wanted to help people and help them get their qualifications and develop them and that kind of thing and the private sector certainly my experience was very target driven and I was working with students so less about kind of them and more about achieving um, financial goals and that kind of thing in in a very kind of corporate business environment yeah 
added to that was the fact that I was traveling around the country. So on some days I'd be traveling like two to three hours each way. And I just found it really difficult, especially as a young parent. And as as you'll know, having young children, they have so many appointments and doctor's (laughs) appointments and loads of stuff going on. Like it seems constant sometimes. And my little boy has a brain condition, which means that he has even more appointments than kind of the average. And it just Mm. felt really unsustainable. So I was driving around the country and because I was in the car a lot, I used to listen to podcasts, a lot like this one. And I was listening to one about (laughs) women in business. So it was mums that had set up businesses and military spouses that had set up businesses and all these inspirational women who had had some kind of career transition and set up their own their own business of some sort. And I had this like light bulb moment and I can remember sitting, I can remember the moment, sat in the car exactly where I was, where I was like, that's what I need to do. If I want the freedom, the flexibility Mm -hmm. and to kind of do something that I love doing, that's going to fit around my family commitments and work, work for us as a family, then I'm gonna have to change direction and I'm gonna have to work for myself. And that's really where it started from, was this whole kind of desire to have the freedom and the flexibility combined with the skills that I had and my strengths and doing something that I thought I would really enjoy doing. Brilliant. Love that. Fantastic. And so what brought you into the book editing? Yeah, so I had no kind of publishing background at all. Within the military, I worked in flight operations. So again, not something that you would immediately correlate. <laughs> However, my academic <laughs> background, not at all. <laughs> my, uh, <laughs> oh. my, uh, my academic background is actually in languages and linguistics. So uh, that's what my degree is in. It was always, it was half English, half Spanish. There was a lot of kind of, um, I, I didn't realise it at the time, but a lot of those skills that I was learning in terms of kind of my English language strengths and things like that, analysing language actually lends itself really well to to editing. And then when I was in the military, it's very detail orientated, especially mm-hmm. my particular job, which was involved kind of plotting certain site safety areas and certain things. So you did have to have a high level of attention to detail Mm. So combining those two things, I was like, what am I good at? And I thought, well, actually, I'm really good at English. I'm really good at, like, attention to detail. Always that person in the office who would get all the paperwork thrown their way to get the red pen out and make sure that it's correct. And I actually, in the geekiest way, really enjoyed doing it. So that's where I started. I started doing it. I did a proofreading and editing qualification. And my first paid work was freelancing for a publishing house, that specialised in military history books. So you can kind of start seeing where the the connection comes through and how it's started all slotting together. And I learned a lot then about um, the publishing process and what it means to make kind of an industry standard book. So I started working for quite a few different publishing houses, all kind of military history-esque type things mm. but when you freelance for a publishing house you have no contact with the author and I okay. really miss that human connection so you'll have your point of contact will be one of the editors at the publishing house but you'll never actually 
speak mm. to the author themselves it all gets kind of gone they go through the publishing house themselves mm. so yes yeah, it's interesting. Yeah. You some of insights from yeah. from doing that, and I, I did learn an awful lot. And I also like really wanted to do self help books, business books, and memoirs because that's what I love reading. Yeah. And I kind of thought, you know, this is my business. I get to choose. I get to choose mm-hmm. what what direction I want to take it into. Eventually, you know, this is a kind of a a slow process. Yeah. Eventually I had this realisation, I was like, actually, I am in control of my business. And if that's what I want to do, if that's what's going to bring me joy, then that's where I need to focus my attention. So that's why I eventually shifted to focusing on helping self-publishing authors that are writing personal development books to, usually it's because they want to share their knowledge because they're a specialist in the area or you know to grow their business, or if they're writing a memoir because they've had an experience that they feel they they can help others by sharing it. That's amazing. I love that. I love the fact that it was all so aligned as well, you know, where you started in that first freelancing job. Yeah, (laughs) I mean, obviously it wasn't planned. (laughs) When everything happens for a reason, but it kind of, looking back, it seems like a a, quite a smooth trajectory. But at the time, obviously, I didn't realise it was going to pan out that way. Yeah, absolutely. So how long now have you been in your business so two and a half years since I years. started. The six, first six months, I was still working my old job. So kind of doing okay. the two concurrently. And yes, then so yeah. about two years, like all in, just full time with, with my business. Business, brilliant. And what would you say have been then your main challenges coming from, you know, coming from the RAF to then, you know, L&D mm. and now to your editing business? So, yeah, what, what's been the challenges you faced along that way? Um, probably not the ones that I thought I would have. So I thought maybe, you know, okay. the adjustments in life and that kind of thing would be, mm. um, would be tricky. It, it wasn't really. I think the main thing which is quite ironic because, you know, I started the business to have more freedom and flexibility. And I think this is probably something quite a lot of people. Exactly what you're going to say. (laughs) We start these businesses because we want the freedom and flexibility. And then, you know, a few months down the line, we're actually working longer, working Mm -hmm. harder, building our businesses. And yes, it is more on our terms, but we perhaps don't have the the time you know the spare time the free time that we envisaged we would have when we first started so I think for me that's been probably the hardest thing and the fact that I'm working from home all the time so those Mm -hmm. work home boundaries get very blurred so yeah yeah don't they just yeah yeah I find certainly that because you're in the house all the time you don't have that break from an office out in a car move somewhere else you just don't have that I think it's too easy to work past and just quickly flip the laptop and and quickly check something or look at something or you know because it's there it's all there or too easy to when everyone's in bed and happy and you know the kids are sorted let's just jump on and do something because you've got it to hand so I think it's trying to create those boundaries is that takes a bit of yeah a bit of determination to make sure you do do them otherwise it just merge all into one yeah yeah it's so difficult to switch up 
It is. And I, I'm, I'm quite fortunate. So at the moment, my office is in my garden. So we've got like this shed that I'm in. It's a nice shed, to be fair. But even then, you know, if I go into the kitchen, if I leave this office and go into my house, go into the kitchen, I always see stuff. And I'm terrible. You know, I think, oh, I'll just put the dishwasher on or I'll just do this. And actually, yeah. it's like, no, Hal, come on. And, I've, you know, I've been really strict with myself. I try to be really, I'm being realistic, yeah. trying to be really strict with myself about, you know, what work time and home time is, they can get blurred, can't they? So I think a lot of people will resonate with your challenge there, Jessica, yeah. for sure, yeah. for sure. Yeah, I really have, and same with me, I've had to be really strict and put the laptop away, mm. you know, it is away for the evening yeah. and I'm not going to check it and like, and being totally honest, I don't always succeed in doing that, but I have had to make a real yeah. conscious effort mm-hmm. to compartmentalise yeah. like the family yeah. time and work time. Yeah, yeah, oh, absolutely. We've got our phones as well, haven't we? And it's so easy to have things on your phone. So I turn all notifications off and after nine o'clock, my phone goes grey, just to try and have that complete separation from Mm -hmm. you know work and life but it is challenging I think it's one of the biggest challenges people are facing at the moment is still trying to get those boundaries in yeah so is is there anything Jessica looking back over the last couple of years is there anything you would do differently at the moment oh I think there's nothing there's not a lot of things that I kind of would class as massive mistakes and I think I heard something the other day about mistakes being feedback and how you know if you make a mistake it's an opportunity to learn from it and to grow you know personally and professionally Um, and I think you know as a new business owner it is a huge it's a constant learning curve so obviously there's going to be things which I could have done differently but it's part of the process about improving and moving on you have to kind of make a few mistakes because it's all part of the process to make you better. Mm-hmm. Um, however, there was probably, if I could do one thing that I'd probably would have liked to get a handle on a little bit sooner was my mindset around money. And I think, again, I think this is probably not uncommon for people that have gone from an employee position to working for themselves is equating my hourly wage as an employee to what I was earning when I was freelancing, for example. So I'd look at a project uh, and if I was earning the same per hour as what I was as a full-time employer, I'd be like, okay, that's that's okay. I'm, I'm matching my hourly wage, which from a mindset point of view is not great. Obviously, yeah. it's quite limiting there. Yeah. Um, but from a practical perspective, there's a lot wrong with that too, because obviously yeah. we have a lot more outgoings and things that we have to take into account. So that is something that initially took a lot of an adjustment from a mindset perspective but also just kind of getting organized and getting my finances in order and I think yeah I think that's probably like the one thing that I think probably should have like attacked that one quicker (laughs) yeah and again I know so many people that will absolutely resonate with that you know coming from as you said having that stability that regular income and then taking that leap as you want to you can call it to understanding your self-worth and the money mindset plays such a big part because initially you think well I just want the business so I'll just you know I'll take 20 quid an hour whatever it is but actually when you look at the bigger picture and realize 
all your experience or your knowledge. And I always say, you know, if you focus on the results you're going to get for that person, what would they be willing to pay? Yeah, it's, it's a massive, yeah. massive topic. It's, it's, um, it's a huge adjustment for sure. Yeah. And I don't think it ever stops. So I think because as your no. business grows and you grow and things evolve, your mindset has to go with that because you'll you'll bring in new projects, you'll have different services, you'll always have that sort of having to think about the money and the prices and, and what everything's worth. So I think it's more if you can get to a point where you know how to deal with your money mindset and you know the, the things that trigger you and how you deal with those because it's, there's always going to be something, isn't there? Yeah. There's always going to be something um, as everything grows and evolves that's going to sort of affect you but it's how you deal with it um as you move forward is a is a big one as well and you know Jessica you've said a lot about getting the busyness and the boundaries um, and you know your children are what five and six now so what do you get to do for you for yourself so I am quite an introvert by nature so Although I love meeting people and I love like, especially like hearing their stories and chatting to them, I do need my, my quiet time. And that's kind of what I class as self-care. And obviously like family, young family life is busy, it's constant. So, you know, I need a bit of time to decompress and that might look like doing some meditation or just reading a book with like a glass of wine or going to a a cafe like for like an hour thing. and journaling like don't get me wrong this is not daily occurrence <laughs> but that for me that is what my self-care looks like is having that time that quiet time for me just to kind of decompress because I do find if I'm around lots of people all the time yeah. which happens which is you know life gets busy then I it does drain my energy a little bit so I need kind mm. of that quiet time to regenerate yeah, yeah absolutely yeah. I think I certainly resonate with that I'm a an extrovert introvert so I'm like loud and outgoing when I need to be but I I'm the same I love my own quiet time and it's hard to balance isn't it especially when you said you've got a young family and you know mm-hmm. my my children are even younger than yours and it's just yeah. non-stop yeah your time's not your own is it <laughs> Yeah, and it's making sure that you said something about, you know, there's not a daily occurrence. It's like, you know, what if it was a daily occurrence, though? What if you Mm. did schedule in, you know, only half an hour a day for that quiet time? So, yeah, interesting. So what sort of direction are you heading in now with with your business? What's on the horizon for Jessica? Yeah, so it's quite exciting time in it, in the JKB (laughs) business. So, I love um, that, JKP. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. So, my, um, so when I started, obviously, I was, fr- I was mainly freelancing and it was mm. just me offering my editing services. And then I brought on a small team of proofreaders. So when you're publishing a book, it goes to the editor first, who will work with you. And then once it's been like formatted, it then goes to a proofreader. And it should really okay. be a, a different person to obviously proofread it before it goes up goes through the process um and that was working really nicely but a lot of my clients actually would come to me and they would want a cover designer and they would want a formatter so now I've brought on a bigger team so that I can actually Mm -hmm. offer more of a a one-to-one all-in-one service for 
authors because it's such a stressful process or it can be it can be a stressful process publishing a book there are so many working parts and Mm -hmm. if it's something that you've never done before that can feel quite overwhelming Mm -hmm. um to find the right people to the people you know that are professionals and are going to make your book the way you want it to be and get it in the best shape possible so that's basically I've moved away and this again has has been a bit of an adjustment to from Mm. that identity as like a a one-woman band to actually a team of us now that Mm. are moving moving the business forward that's fantastic it's so good for I think so many businesses if you can offer the all under one roof service it's so much easier for the client because they don't have to start looking elsewhere and find another person and get yeah. recommendations it's it's kind of a done for you isn't it? it's all and done for you which is mm. fantastic and i know certainly in my last business which was nothing to do with book editing it was in holiday letting you know we started with one service and then added everything else onto it and it was an yeah. all all under one roof service and that's what people wanted it makes their life easier so much easier and plus yeah. it can make means that you can then offer more valuable services as well and you know grow your yeah. own team grow your own business so it's it's fantastic and have you have you started that now is that you are you well underway with that that side yeah. of it? yeah. so it's almost good I'm just doing my website updates you know tidying all those behind the scenes sort of things so I think actually by the time this podcast episode goes out it should all be live so when you Amazing. go to my website it'll be like new and improved and so you will be able to see the new packages and meet the team and everything so yeah it's really really exciting oh that is so exciting because like yeah yeah. and what you were just saying then about you know you have to have I can't think of the word you said now anyway all these different elements to just write in a book for me I'm just lost already so if there is that you know just one service you can get in a one then I'm there I haven't got time to be you know looking for other people to do these things I think that's a really really great offering and being able to support them through that journey as well yeah it's not you know it's not just one and done sometimes they'll be like it'll be the night before publication and there's something that's just cropped up and you're like ah I need some help and being able to know that there's a team that's got your back that's going to have the answer and help you it Mm. can just take that stress away and make it what it should be which is like a really exciting enjoyable experience yeah mm-hmm. yeah it is, that's all so it's about because you want people to enjoy it don't you want that whole experience it's all about the customer mm, experience yeah. isn't it so they can go away yeah. and say i did this from start to finish and the experience was fantastic yeah. and that's where people recommend you yeah. from as well but they go well, away with that really good experience yeah just out of interest there how have you felt going from being just you to then having a team behind you. So yeah, like I said, it isn't. It's something that I am still mentally adjusting to. Again, it's been a little bit of a slower transition because I started off with you know one or two proofreaders that yeah was working alongside. Then it was like a few more, and then now I've added like there's there's going to be a team of six plus me. So it's not you know we're not talking like masses massive at the moment. Still a good amount of people. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's lovely because I've been able to um choose people who I worked with before and who I know are going to, you know, really give amazing value and service to my to my clients and be lovely to work with as well. So yeah, I think it's kind of for me it's been more of a shift in kind of how I feel about myself and how I see myself mm. as not just like little me as a freelancer, but now it's kind of me and my team 
trying to get my head around that <laughs> a little bit. So yeah, it is still a work in progress, I think, which I think is the same with any time when you kind of make a jump in business or yeah. make a change in your life in general. It does take a little bit of time just to settle into that new role. Mm-hmm. No, yeah, absolutely. And a... you've done the jump into self-employed, you've grown your business. So what would you say, Jessica, is sort of the one top tip you would give anyone who's starting out in business? So my number one mantra is community over competition, 100%. Oh, is. I love that. Mm-hmm. Create connections, collaborate, because mm-hmm. it is so true when people say people buy from people, mm-hmm. and it's all about creating yeah. those genuine connections, networking, yeah. getting yourself out there, and, you know, meeting people and putting yeah putting yourself out there because you get so much more back when you you start creating those you know authentic genuine connections with people and not just from a business perspective but also from a kind of like business can be lonely it can Mm -hmm. be it's just you in your room a lot of the time and these are the people that actually they become friends and they become sources of support and it just makes the whole business journey is so much more enjoyable when wow. you go and you, you know, bring other people into your world. <laughs> oh, I love it. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think that's funny. We've not heard that top tip from anyone yet, have we? No, that's a, that's no, a new one, which is lovely to hear. I like to share all the I mean, nice new tips we do. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's certainly well, that, that one. Yeah. It's something I really resonate with, the, the community. I'm all about building a supportive community. And I'm the other the other way. So I've gone from having a a really big team around me to just me so I'm finding that that flipping yeah. still a bit of a challenge at the moment um, and when you say about you know people buy from people so on my planner for this year is to start writing a book um, so you know it's, it's, it's brilliant <laughs> our paths are yeah. just crossing because who knows where that could Let's lead see. you know relationship <laughs> with us yeah yeah brilliant Okay, so uh, thank you very much for sharing that top tip. Jane and I love food. <laughs> we always end up talking about some kind of food. <laughs> and we always ask our guests, what is your favourite cake? Oh, oh, that's a good question. If you can choose one, if you can choose one. I know it's quite hard for a lot of people. It, it is, and I'm not very good with choice. <laughs> I'm one of those people that, you know, if there's too much on the menu, like the more there is, the longer it will take me to choose. So I am actually going through a bit, I'm trying to be vegan at the moment. I'm in week four of trying to be vegan, but it would be cheesecake. Normally would be my favorite one. Like absolute cheese beam. So I'm like, it's tough at the moment. (laughs) I'm missing my halloumi. But um but yeah, oh, I think God, like I love halloumi. lemon cheesecake probably would be. Oh, would be on that. oh another lemon. That's I'm a, another I'm lemon. I love, <laughs> no, I love lemon drizzle. That's oh, my one yes. of my favorites. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Lemon <laughs> cheesecake. See, if I was going to have a cheesecake, it definitely wouldn't be lemon. No. <laughs> it would be Not a fan. Like strawberry. No, it's strawberry. like it would be my last choice. Yeah, strawberry <laughs> cheesecake. <laughs> So that's okay. Oh. I wouldn't ask to share any of yours then. That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> you can all of our own things. We're all fine. The food is safe. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Jessica, this uh, has been lovely. So let people know, if anybody who wants to follow you, where's the best place to find you? 
So obviously my website, jessicakbrown.com, but I'm on the usual social media channels. So you can find me over, say hello on Instagram, Jessica Kate Brown Editor, or on LinkedIn, again, Jessica Kate Brown. Type in Jessica Kate Brown and you'll find me. <laughs> JKB. <laughs> JKB. Yeah, JKB. <laughs> Oh, fantastic. Oh, this has been lovely, Jessica. Thank you. Thank you so, so much for sharing your amazing journey with us. And, you know, it sounds like there's really good things ahead for you in the business. So we'll look forward to following your journey on that. So thank thank you you. very, very much. It's been lovely. Thank you for having me. It's been such an honor. Thank you. Oh, you're very welcome. Thank you so much. It's been really great. Thank you. We end every episode with a top tip for you. And today's top tip is. Your unique selling point is you. And our leading message to you is always, remember to do the one thing that makes you feel fabulous.